Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Happy Wednesday morning, the 19th, except you'll see on the clock, we are recording this on Tuesday, the 18th at 2.30 in the afternoon. We're going to be talking to Kim Robinson in just a few minutes. It's going to be very interesting about traveling in the spirit and, and traveling out of, outside of time. It's going to be fun. I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, a quick uh, announcement that uh, Thursday's uh, episode will be with Krista Elisha. I always think, I can't forget. I think her mother calls it Elisha, but it's, uh, I think she goes by it either way. But Krista Elisha, Krista Elisha, and she will be with us tomorrow uh, on Thursday. So uh, let's see. I don't, the only announcement we have is a quick reminder of one of our um, well digging spots. So, Emily, if you will, go ahead and run one of those. Oh man, I love that particular one because it lists all the many, not all, but many of the places where we've done water projects. One of them was we brought some, uh, we've connected some homes on um, one of the Native American reservations. And uh, there's a, a lot of little uh, that are different, unique, one-off things that we did concerning water, getting water. There was one that we got water connected to like eight homes. Um, I just can't keep all of the specifics in my in my head, but as time goes on, we'll tell more and more of the actual stories. But you saw all the different things we were doing on native lands. That one in Alaska was pretty interesting. So we even did some indoor plumbing for for on a very distant island, you know, off the coast, you know. And so I don't know exactly how far, but I know you had to get, take a boat to get there. You know, of course, that's an island, right? Anyway, we're, we're just so happy that you're supporting this ministry and we're giving in to so many people uh, who are finding a real stronger relationship with the Lord because of their gratitude for the Lord providing the water. So very neat. So, all right, time to bring in Kim, Kim Robinson. So here we go with Kim. Kim Robinson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I love that intro with the kids playing in the water. That, that kids play, they love to play in the water. I don't care where you live. Yeah, and can you imagine them having to walk miles often to get to the water to carry enough that you can, it can't make it too heavy or the kids can't carry it back. So right. not very much water and not, not a lot of plays going on in that. So this is fresh water close to home. Very cool. Yeah. I love, I love what yeah. we're doing. So. Well, Kim, you've got some really interesting stuff about time travel or or being transported in the spirit. I was telling Kim offline uh, before we came on that I that's happened to me at least once. I think there was a second time, but I can't remember. But mine happened in what seemed like a dream because it was in the night, but I thought maybe I was asleep. I'm not sure I was asleep, but um, a, a prophet that I knew at the time confirmed that I did in fact go. I went to this some foreign land. It seemed like Romania, but it was out. I'm in the mission field and two different missions teams from different organizations were squabbling and I was there set to make peace between them. It was very, very real. And it was like, does that sound like something God would do? Does he, does he Ab take people? Absolutely. And it does feel very, it, I mean, it's, you can feel everything. You can feel the ground. You can hear the people. You can smell the smells. It, it's, it's like because you are there. You are actually yeah. there. Yeah. 
it is it's so much different than dreaming because you're actually there yeah i mean when yeah. i came to however you would describe it that's what i thought i said man i you know and i wasn't sure because it was my first time uh, was I there? Was that the most vivid dream of my life? And so, yeah. So, well, <laughs> you actually have almost more stories than you usually have. So I'm going to turn you loose to get started on these because there's a lot of them. I'm looking forward to hearing about these. So some people have asked me, you know, how how, how did these uh, translations, being transported, time travel, whatever you want to call it, how did they start? And I had to kind of think back. It was, it's by... It was because having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know, it's trusting the Holy Spirit, trusting him, having a relationship with him and knowing the heart of the father, knowing, knowing his heart, knowing his will. And, you know, and you know that whenever you were translated, your purpose for being translated was to bring peace. Yes, it was. Yeah. And so you know at the heart of the father is that we have peace that we are called you know peace peacekeepers peacemakers whatever and so you know that that was the heart of the father so whenever the holy spirit translates me to a place it's all it always lines up with the heart of the father and so i you just have a lot of confidence you know that he has he has taken you someplace and it's for anyone it's for everyone because it's by the holy spirit it's not i don't will myself someplace you know i don't ask to go anywhere it's just the holy spirit takes me and kind of like plants me <laughs> and then i do whatever is kind of in front of me and on this on that how many times is it in the dream or with you is the dream rare and you're usually just uh, doing something around the house and then you're gone all of a sudden? How do, how do most of these start? So most of them for me starts whenever I'm worshiping. Okay. Yeah. Whenever I'm worshiping Jesus and he'll take me by the hand and then just I'm someplace okay. or um, just like the other night I, and I kind of shared with you a little bit, you know, before we started uh, the other night I was asleep and he, translated me into ministering to the ministering deliverance to this young oh. girl oh, wow. and it that's what i thought you know she was a she was a young girl she had a red dress i could feel her dress while i was praying for her. i could hear her mother i could hear the people around me i felt the floor you know the whole atmosphere and i was praying for deliverance for her for, for like two to three hours and, you, and did i you was, know you were in the middle of a transportation when you did it yeah yeah okay Okay. Yeah, I knew because I, because I, I didn't know any of these people. I don't, I don't even know where I was, and um, I was praying for like two. I don't know. It was like two hours, three hours, and I was talking to the Holy Spirit while I was doing this, going, "We have got to come up with a better system because this is taking way too long. <laughs> you know, we don't have two and three hours for deliverance for people. We've got to figure out, receive more." of faith of the anointing that we walk in because jesus didn't have two and three hours to cast out devils he said go and they went you know so the it, it was on our part it was on my part of not knowing the authority but anyway so after about two or three hours however long it was i could feel that i was getting tired yeah. i was just exhausted and then i was back in 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 the bed i was back in my body or back in my bed or whatever and the next morning I woke up and I was really hoarse from, really? Yeah, from talking so long because I, I'm not a talker. You know, I, I listen more than I talk. And so I was like, why am I so hoarse? And he said, 
because you were where you were, you know, for two and three hours. Or however I asked you if someone had walked into your room while you're gone, would they have heard you talking? And mm -hmm. you said no. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yet you were, even though you were doing it in the spirit, I mean, you are doing it in reality, but in the spirit, I don't know. How would you describe that? Um, well, I know my body was still in the bed. Okay. Because at some sometime when I was still praying over the, the girl, I was speaking loudly. Okay. And I was thinking, I don't want to wake up my husband. <laughs> so I knew that my body was in the bed, but I, you know, I don't think he would have heard me. You know, I don't, I don't think, I don't know, you know, but it was, okay. that was, that was pretty neat. And that was one of the, one of the only times that when I was actually asleep in bed when this happened, but usually it's during worship when he takes me. Well, the first one that's on their list is, um, is I guess go to number one and talk about that encounter. That looks okay. So this is, yeah. So these are the first two are just kind of like encounters that I had with Jesus. Cause I know people love, they love heaven and they love to hear uh, what heaven is like and what Jesus yeah. is like. And so, um, so during worship again, G I stepped over and I was with Jesus and we were standing at the bottom of this waterfall and the, we looked up, I looked up at the waterfall and it was pinstripes. The waterfall really? had these tiny little pinstripes of these deep blues and deep reds and deep purples. And it was just, I've never seen a pinstriped waterfall and it was, it, yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, it was just beautiful and was just so unique. It would have like a little pinstripe of dark blue and then it would have water and then a little pinstripe of like dark red and then water, you know, just clear water. But we walked, we went to the top of the waterfall and we rode down the waterfall and cool. landed down at the bottom. We were splashing around at the pool of, of this pinstriped waterfall and splashing and the, and the water, every time we would splash, when the water came back down, it would stay in the lane of where it would stay in really? the red would stay in the red and the purple would go back in the, the line, the pinstripe of the line. And Jesus, you know, just kind of like as the big brother, like a big brother would, he was, he was, he started swimming and he says, come on, get on, I'll give you a ride. So I, I was about, I had, I was about 20 this, you know, like a 20 year old. I wasn't a child okay. where normally I'm a child, like three or four, but this time I'm about 20. And so I sit on Jesus's back and wrap my legs around his waist and he begins swimming. And I noticed that even even though he was swimming and splashing, the pinstripes stayed in the line that they were supposed to stay in. And I thought that is the neatest thing. And um, so whenever we were done swimming, I asked Jesus, I said, what do you want me to bring back to the earth with me from this encounter? And he said, I want you to bring back joy. And so when I came back and um, woke up, you know, opened my eyes, whatever. I just felt so much joy just all day long. I just felt so much joy. And I wow. was thinking about the encounter and I was thinking, you know, when Jesus or when the father commands something to be the way it, the way he wants it, even though there's a lot of chaos going on, it will be the way he has commanded it to be. You know, when Jesus commanded the, 
pinstripe waterfall, even though there was a lot of chaos, a lot of splashing going on, the pinstriped waterfall stayed as a pinstripe waterfall. You know, so it was just, it was kind of peaceful too, knowing that even though the world may be kind of crazy right now, the father has commanded the earth to be his and the people are his. And so, so it cool. will be his. I mean, that's just the way it is. It will be his. You know, he's not. Well, I got to tell you this because we, everyone, you know, we get a lot of criticism about the guests we have and their stories of heaven. Um, what would you say to somebody? And, uh, you, know, you know, I'm a believer. So this is a this is a softball <laughs> question. But what would you say to somebody? They, they go, well, that's not in the Bible. How are you can't prove that that's in the Bible. So so I think. I don't think you really had that. I think that's silly to think God had pinstripes. What would you say? How, how would you respond? Why not? There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's actually really good, Kim. That's, yeah. that's, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know, if you could have a pinstripe waterfall, would you not create a pinstripe waterfall? I never even thought of it. But I never I, thought of think, it. Now that I'm thinking of it, I think I want to see it. I, I can't quite visualize like in the, when the waterfall hits and they're down at the bottom and then there's splashes, is the pinstripes in the splash or is it only in, it's in everything? Yeah. So when the water would splash up, there'd be like little red, you know, little red splashes and purple splashes and yell. But when they would fall back down, they would go back into. They would go back in. Back into their stripe. That yeah. sounds really cool. And I 1,000% believe it um, um, I, and I don't really care if anybody else doesn't believe it I believe it I believe it and uh, you, you know so that's a very cool all right I did sorry yeah, to interrupt so, that well, yeah that's okay yeah so that encounter brought, you know it brought back you know like why are you have what's the benefit of that well it brought back joy and it brought back confidence that what God has designed it will be the way God has designed it you know, and so it just brought back a lot of confidence just with the, the way the world is right now. But um, so and cool. then another. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of peace, a lot of peace and joy in that simple encounter. Yeah. Um, so another uh, time this week when I stepped over, I saw Jesus and Jesus was covered in these tiny little birds. And I remembered that Daddy God loves birds. So, of course, Jesus would love birds. And as I was walking up to him, these whole bunch of, I mean, these were just tiny, like little finches, little tiny bitty birds. Okay, little, it's like you could put 10 or 12 in your hand or right. something like that. Right, okay. little bitty ones. Okay. And, but they were just covered all over Jesus. And as I was walking up to him in this encounter, birds began landing all over me. And I remembered cool. there is no bird poop in heaven. And so these little teeny tiny birds were landing all over me and I was walking, you know, towards Jesus and he was walking towards me and he lifts his finger up as I got closer to him and he puts a tiny little bird on the end of my nose. Oh, cool. And, and I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> And so I started thinking of, you know, a bird in the bird on the nose. What's the scripture? A bird on the nose, a bird, you know, and I tried to, you know, Chinese parable, a fortune cookie, anything, anything that had to do with a bird on the nose. And I couldn't come up with anything. And Jesus had this great big grin on his face. And he said, don't analyze it. Just enjoy it. How cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
you know, and so some of these encounters that people have with Jesus, he just wants you to enjoy the encounter. He just wants you to, I mean, how often do you ever have a bird sitting on the end of your nose? You know, sometimes we may have a butterfly land on us or something, but it was just, it was just. So if, his, if you chuckle and giggle, he's accomplished his goal. He wanted you to have fun and have joy and. Love yeah, it. and you don't always have to analyze it. You know, sometimes yeah. we get so, you know, well, what is the purpose of that? You know, there was no purpose. He <laughs> it was just because he wanted to. Well, you know, you're very interesting. I can see why the <laughs> Lord selected you because this is your natural personality. Uh, you're this interesting combination of left brain, right brain. So am I. And you want to know why is this, but what does this mean? And he said, no, 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 no. Just enjoy it, you know. It sounds like something he would say it. to me when I was trying to analyze it. He would say the same thing, I'm sure. You know, so, but yeah. you're, the reason you're so good is because you're willing to admit that that's the way it happened. You're not. Yeah. You're not yeah. trying to pretend you got it all right the first time. You know. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So he's he's just fun. It just you know it just shows him how fun he is. Just the fun yeah. side of Jesus. Very and. Cool. So when the the trans being translated yeah. to other places, you know, I was thinking in you know in scripture we all we remember Obadiah meets Elijah. Remember Obadiah yeah. and Elijah's walking along the way, and Obadiah meets Elijah along the way in First Kings eighteen. And I this is kind of to to encourage people because this this is for everyone. And so I just I wanted to share the couple of scriptures with you just to to show you that this is for everyone. So was it First Kings? It was First Kings eighteen. It says as Obadiah went on the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he recognized him and fell face downward out of respect and said, "Is it you, my lord?" And he answered him and said, "It is I. Go tell your master, Elijah is here." But he said, what sin have I committed that you would hand over your servant to Ahab and put me to death? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where your master has not sent messengers to seek you. And when they said he's not here, Ahab made the kingdom or the nation swear that they had not found you. And now you're saying, go tell your master, behold, Elijah's here. Sounds like a setup. <laughs> yeah. And as, as soon as I leave you, and then, so this is the key, as soon as I leave you, and so eight, so Obadiah knew this, other people knew this. He says, as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to another place. Wow. So Obadiah even knew that Elijah kept bouncing around from place to place, and they knew the Spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place. And I do not know. So when I come to tell Ahab and he doesn't find you, he'll kill me. And then in Acts 8, if you remember um, the eunuch in the chariot and Philip, you know. Yeah. And so in Acts 8.38, he had ordered that the chariot be stopped. I'm at the eunuch. And both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. So this is just kind of a kind of a side note. So one of the things that you might find yourself doing when you're being translated is you might find yourself baptizing someone. That's not, I mean, the Philip was actually long, you know, he was with him when he baptized him, right. but don't, you know, don't cross that off if you find yourself baptizing someone. But when they came up out of the water, here's the key again. 
the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip and carried him away to a different place. So it wasn't Philip going, I'm going to wheel myself over to another town. I want to, you know, I'm going to zip over there. I'm going to, you know, it was by the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord took him. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And a eunuch no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Ashdod. And as he passed through, so this is this is the reason why the Spirit of the Lord picked him up and carried him, so he could preach the good news of salvation to all the cities until he came back to Caesarea. So the reason why he was being translated is so he could preach salvation, you know, and and so it's just it's a it's a lot faster way for the Holy Spirit to get the message out or to get bring peace, you know, among tribes. Well, yeah, I mean, if Philip had said, okay, Lord, I just baptized this person. Um, um, I'm going to now have, go into prayer and see if I can, if you'll tell me where to go. And in a couple of days, I'll get there. Right. You know, you know he, he just, uh, you know, it doesn't even say Philip was shocked or surprised. It just said, oop, this happened. And uh, I, I would love to know if, I heard someone talking on this, you know, about Philip arriving at that place soaking wet from the uh, <laughs> from the baptism. I, I mean, he could have he been. Could have it, been. Was yeah. it was fun to think about, but he was in the water. Now he's in a city. So anyway, very fascinating. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I hadn't thought of that, but he probably was, yeah. you know, probably yeah. was. And um, so, another, you know, and so being being translated isn't a, a big spiritual thing. Hmm. You know, it's not some oh kind of a deal. It's a, it's just a tool that the Holy Spirit uses because he needs someone there now, whatever now, for whatever reason he needs. He needs us to move quickly. And so it's as it's as we have this relationship with the Holy Spirit and trust him that he can trust us. That when he takes us someplace, we're going to do, we're not going to freak out, you know. Well, and it is interesting, Kim, that for, wasn't that, didn't the, the Holy Spirit of the Lord or an angel, didn't someone, one of them said, go down by that chariot and, and run alongside of it or something like that. And he had to obey that. The first right. part of this is mm. obedience to a spoken word. Who is it that told him to go? Was it the Spirit? Was it an angel? What was it? Do you remember? Mm. I, no, I don't. Okay, let me just see. But the and obedience part is really. Oh, yeah, I don't it, have it. Yeah, but he yeah. obeyed it. Whatever it was, he but knew he it was obeyed. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, that could be a key to other translations is that first you obey a word to do something that involves your actual will to go. Uh, and then that now you've created, I'm just going to use my language, maybe the, an open portal to go to the next thing. It's just obedience is usually huge with the Lord. So. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, if the Holy Spirit is leading you to 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 come away and to spend time in prayer, you know, yeah. and you're, you're feeling that joy. Like, I, I really feel like that the Lord's wanting to say something to me tonight, you know, so in an hour or so, I'm just going to lock myself away and pray. That's the first part. That's the first step of the obedience. Yeah. And so while you're obeying that part, then he has he has your heart and he can take you someplace if that's what he's wanting to do. 
Got it. Know, right. And so uh, one time whenever I was worshiping Jesus in the morning, I felt him take my hand and we were instantly in Los Angeles. You know, and there wasn't there wasn't a big banner says you are now entering Los Angeles. You know, it was just I just knew in my spirit that I was in Los Angeles and I had Jesus was by, you know, he had a hold of my hand. and We were walking. We took like two steps down the sidewalk and we walked into a coffee shop and I knew that I was in a coffee shop in Los Angeles because you could, you I could. Are you, are people able to see you at this, or is are you invisible? So if you're if your people can see you, could they see the Lord or what? Yeah. So I so whenever we walked in, Jesus stayed at the at the door, and I went on in. And so okay. I had the impression because they were looking at me, I had the impression they could see me, but they couldn't see Jesus. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's a great question, and. Um, so there was like a bar kind of thing on the left-hand side, but there was a big round table in the middle of this coffee shop. I could smell the coffee. I could see the people. I could, I could, I could feel what was, what they were kind of battling. And what the cool thing is, is that I knew that I was translated. I knew that I was supernaturally put into this coffee shop. So that really builds a lot of confidence right there, for one thing. <laughs> you well, know, yeah, and you say when you, you said earlier, if you smell it and feel it, you know you're really there as opposed to just like a vision that you're watching a screen right, or something. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, it it feels it feels different than a vision because a vision, yeah. you know, you can't you can't really feel. But so I walked up to this table and there was probably, it was a round table and there, there was probably seven people or so sitting around this round table drinking coffee and they were talking and, you know, laughing. And as I walked up to him, I, I had so much love for them. Wow. You know, Jesus was standing behind me and I knew that I was translated for these people. And I just had kind of an overwhelming love and I had the confidence yeah. that whatever, for whatever reason, I was there for them. And I'm not nervous about interrupting them because, you know, you're on an assignment. So I'm on an assignment. Yeah. 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 That really builds a lot of confidence in someone who is too afraid to walk into Wendy's. <laughs> you know, yeah. I couldn't go yeah. into Wendy's because I was so scared of people, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, but as I walked up to them, I began telling them because I could there were certain people there and I could feel even though they were laughing and they had their coffee and they were chatting with each other. I knew what they were battling and I began telling them, you don't have to be sad. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to hurt because Jesus came and died for you. And I just began sharing Jesus with them and sharing the love of Jesus with them. And they were just listening. You know, they, they kind of stopped and was just looking at me and listening. And I pulled a chair out and I, and as I pulled this chair out and sat down, I thought, I am really here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they don't know that I don't know, you know, yeah. that I was somewhere else just a few, you know, a few minutes ago. But I, I pulled this chair out and I sat down and I just, be, and I just began sharing Jesus and that he died for them and just the love of Jesus. And I asked him if they'd like to pray with me and ask Jesus into their heart. So see, that is God's will. I was, I wasn't doing anything that was outside of God's will because, right. you know, the salvation. And so 
when I asked him if they would like to ask Jesus into the heart and make him the Lord of their life, like five of the seven or so that was sitting at the table prayed with me. And the other ones didn't. And I, I felt like they weren't they weren't mad. They weren't being rebellious. They weren't like antichrist or like, who's this crazy lady walking into our coffee shop? You know, I felt like that, that those were seeds that were being planted mm -hmm. into them for later. Yeah. You know, and it was just it was a really cool feeling because I didn't feel rejected because they didn't accept Christ. But I knew I was just like you could I knew that those were real important seeds that were being planted. And yeah. so as I as I prayed with them and they accepted Christ, I, I got back up and I walked as I was walking back to Jesus. He had this great big smile on his face and he was just so full of love. And it was such a wonderful feeling. And he was just so full of love because now he has, you know, he took me there. They accepted Christ. So the I would say mission was, a, you know, was complete, yeah. <laughs> was a, you know, was done. It was accomplished. Too. Yeah, it was accomplished, it was right. Yeah. And so we held him. We He opened the door and we walked back out of the door and we took like two steps down the sidewalk. And then I was, boom, I was back in my room. Whew. And it was, I thought. That is the way to travel right there. Yeah, <laughs> right know? there it is. Man, my goodness. My goodness. So, and yeah. you'll, you'll never know, I suppose, this side of heaven, uh, where that was or what they had, what lot, did you know, had they lost someone or do you, did you not even know that? You said you knew what they were going through or you just knew they were down. I knew that they were down. I knew that they, as long they were around their friends and they were laughing and happy and everything. But I knew that for, you know, whatever, whatever the reason they were, one of them was sad, one of them was hurt and one of them was depressed or they okay. were, that's what they were battling, you know? And, um, but so Jesus wanted them to know that they didn't have to feel that, you know, so that he good. came to heal them and, and deliver them and stuff. And so it was, it was just really, it was so easy. Do you, I have a question for you before we go into the next story. Do you feel or sense or know that, simultaneously throughout the earth this is going on hundreds of times thousands of times a day god's transporting people what what do you have any sense or do you just not know well i i don't actually know you know but if he's doing it to me i know he's doing it to a lot of other people yeah you know because i'm just i'm not well it just makes sense right it's yeah like, right yeah yeah because he he needs us places you know and one of the times i was i was flying on an airplane going someplace and right after one of these encounters and as long as it took to get on the plane to get the ticket to get on you know and we were going and getting our luggage and all this stuff and we were flying over whatever town we were flying over jesus said see how long it would take for me if there if there he kind of like pointed out a house that we we're flying over he said if there was someone in that house that was ready to commit suicide he said, you, you would have to get a ticket. You'd have to get to the airport. You have to get an Uber, get the right Uber, get the right address, not miss the house number by one number, get there at three o'clock in the morning when the person was ready to commit suicide. He said, did you see how many things that could go, <laughs> could go wrong? And let, you know, he said, where I can just pick you up and put you in in the kitchen or the bathroom where the person is getting ready to commit suicide and minister to them at three o'clock in the morning, because they may not even open the door. If you were to get there 
at yeah. the right house at the right yeah. time. They may not open the door, but I can put you in the room with them. <laughs> you know, That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was saying, I need, I need to do this because there are people that need instant, instant help, instant love. They need to know instantly that I am there for them. And so he said, it's just a lot quicker way. I'm yeah. like, I'm all, I'm all in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. I'm all in. I'm all totally. in. And by the way, and, do, uh, one last thing before you go on. Do you, when that started, as this has started, have you asked or even implored the Lord more, do it more, do it more with me? Or what, what, what's what been your heart attitude? You, you seek these in prayer now or what, or do you just go about it, what you, yourself? I mean, go ahead. It seems like it has kind of, there's more encounters lately than what there was a few years ago. And I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm trusting the Holy spirit more now, okay. you know, or is it, he's trusting me, <laughs> you know, more, yeah. I don't know, but it seems like that it has picked up, you know? And yeah. so that's, that's really fun. You know, um, some of the, some of the encounters are really sweet. And then some of them are like the next one <laughs> that I was going to share. Okay. Go for Let it. Let me go into the next one. Okay. Yep. So, so during worship and with me, all of these are like during worship, you know, so if I don't say during worship, you can just assume it's probably during worship, you know, <laughs> but during worship, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, uh, he, he led me to this tunnel in this mountain and in this, and this, I was at the, I was just like, boom, I was there and I could feel, I could see the tunnel and it was like an archway and it was a tunnel that went through a mountain. And as I walked into this tunnel, the the concrete was wet. It was dark. It was damp. And as I walked in, I saw on the right hand side, there were cages Ooh. of children in these cages. And this is before the the information came out yeah. you know, in the public about children in cages and tunnels. This was before that. And so when I started hearing that coming out in the news, I thought there really are children in cages, in tunnels for real. That is a real place, a real thing that's going on. But as I walked in uh, the first, uh, there was the, the kids were in these cages that were like eight by eight. It was kind of like a little bitty room. It was a cage and they were all, kind of crammed in together and the first cage they were partially dressed they it was like the newer children you know don't the ones that hadn't been there too long and then the next cage they were they were naked they were just had like had on rags they were the hair was matted hadn't it hadn't been brushed if you know it was just they they were you know, bad. They they look bad. And then the next cage, um, the children were so deformed and naked. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, science experiment gone wrong. And I was just like, that's exactly how, the best way to describe that. It looked like that someone had been, had been doing a science experiment. And this is the result of what had happened. But as I was standing there at the kind of the front of the tunnel, there was a there was a lady that was about 20 years old and she was crawling across this wet, damp floor. 
and she was naked or had on almost no clothes and she yelled up at me and she said we have been crying out for help what took you so long oh my goodness and i thought you know when she said that i thought what took me so long was to trust the holy spirit you know and that was kind of my first thought but i didn't answer because how is she going to understand that you know yeah and why why wasn't she in a cage i don't know why was she crawling across the floor i don't know but that's that's what was going on and you know i'd walked down i saw the children in the cages and i then went back to the very first cage that had the the healthier children ish and they had big locks on the cages and i just reached up and just kind of went and the lock just broke open Wow. Just, just, you know, and I didn't have a key. I didn't know the combination. It was just like big, massive locks. And it just simply opened in my hand and I opened up the cage and I went to the next one that had the children and I did the same thing. I just kind of like twisted it and it broke open and I opened the cage wow. and then I went to the last one to the ones that were really bad and I opened it and the lady that was crawling on the floor, she said, they have never seen light. They have never been out of the cage. That is going to scare them. And so I opened the, I opened the cage and it did. They all, the children ran to the corner like animals. They had never seen the cages opened. They'd never seen the doors open. And, you know, so I went, so I left it open anyway. And when I went back to the front of the tunnel where the other children were and they were the healthier ones were kind of jump. They were jumping out and climbing out of the cages and they were walking towards the light. And the second one, there were some of the children were healthier than the others. And so they were helping each other out. And as I went to the front of the, the tunnel, I saw that there was a house up on the hill and supernaturally, I know it was by the Holy spirit. I knew that that house uh, was a home that they rescued children. And I knew in this house they had they had rescued like three children. And I also knew that there had been a ministry that had just sent masses amounts of food and clothes to that house. Really? And they were and they were wondering what God was up to because they only had three kids, but yet they had all this food and all these clothes that had been delivered just, you know, like a few days earlier. And and so I pointed to the house on the hill and I told the children, go to that house, you'll be safe. And so the healthier ones were kind of leading the way as they were walking up the hill. And it wasn't it wasn't like in Alaska where it was snowy. It wasn't uh, snaky or like wild animals. So I don't know where I was. If anyone knows of this place, I wish they would let me know. <laughs> but they were they were walking up this hill and I. I also knew that this this tunnel, whoever had the tunnel, that they weren't going to be back for like a week. The kids had no food. They had no water. They had nothing. They were just in this dark tunnel in this in these cages. And so I knew that they had a week to get from where they were up to this house before the people would be back. And I knew that they would be safe. So as soon as I kind of had all that downloaded <laughs> and I yeah. saw them starting to walk up, up the hill, I was back in my body or back in the room or however you come back. Yeah. 
And I felt really good because that's God's will is to set the captives free. You know, he couldn't, I couldn't get a ticket. I couldn't, you know, there's no way I could find that tunnel in the natural. And you know that you know that you know you literally um, released and saved all those children, literal all those children. children. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have, I have no doubt. And I'm sure, I'm sure that there's someone who knows of the house on the hill on the tunnel, because I had the impression that the people that had the house on the hill, they didn't even know about the tunnel. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. That was kind of like in their backyard because their mission was to rescue children, but yet there was a tunnel behind them that they didn't even know about. You know, and uh, so I would like to know where that was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I out, came, please, please let me know if you ever find out. I would love to know the more of that yeah, story. I would too. I would love to. I would love. Would to you know. guess about how many children in all? Would you have a guess? Uh, probably about thirty. Okay. You know, probably about thirty or so, something like that. That's kind of them. That's kind of what I was seeing. The the children yeah. coming out of the cage cages yeah. you know and um so it, it was pretty incredible Amazing. you know so when i came back i felt really good knowing that they had been set free and that they were going to be safe but at the same time i was kind of sad about the ones that wouldn't come out of the cage you know or the ones that were they were so scared they wouldn't come out i mean but did you sense that they still eventually got rescued as well or do you not know I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if they stayed there until the people came back. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was happy about the kids on the hill, <laughs> going up the hill. Well, no, but I mean, that's amazing. I mean, the, the, the obvious thought is if there was many more people, you know, there's that scripture that says that they, they will be willing on that day, uh, um, willing for, I don't know if it talks about battle, but there's a willingness on that day to be used or something. And uh, you know, I don't know if you know which scripture I'm talking about, but but if there were more people being willing to be used to rescue children, I know some people are gonna hear this and see this, and they're going, they're gonna in all fervor say, Lord, please use me to do that. Yeah. I know they're watching right now. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and so what would you say to those that are watching that wants to be used? What would you say to them the next or the step is other than asking i mean if there is anything yeah i would uh, you know ask the holy spirit let the holy spirit know i am willing to be translated i am willing to to time travel translate whatever you want he knows what you're talking about <laughs> i am willing for you to take me to another place to set people free or to minister to other people in any way that you need to use me and and just let him know that you're willing let him know that you you are available and it is to do his will you know it is it's to set them free it's to minister to them it's to do whatever it is that he's needing you to go do and yeah. if you're willing, if you're willing and if you trust him, if you have a relationship with him and if you're not flaky, <laughs> you know, and if you're if you're if you're willing, he's he will use you because how many thousands of people around the world need help? They need someone to come and unlock their, you know, unlock their cages. Yeah. You know, that's fascinating then, that, that when you went, 
it was, for lack of a better terminology, you had supernatural power in your hands to break, to just tear that lock up. It's like you didn't just go in in the spirit, but you went in strength. You you were supernaturally able to lock. However, that is maybe in the book, maybe in the spirit, uh, one of his army pulled it open but you said you took your hand and did this too. yeah it was just it was a big lock yeah it was a big thick lock and it was just it was just like crumbled when i when i kind of like twisted it just kind of crumbled open and so you know so when i read that scripture about when the angel went to the went to the jail to set the who was it all the disciples free you know and they he they the angel opened the cages of those that were the, I should know that by now, but you know, when the angel went and opened the cages, that scripture just came to me. It's like, they will be willing on the day of his power. That's where the scripture is that, that he's looking for those who are willing on the day of his power. That's where yeah. that is. Maybe Emma yeah. can find it, but yeah. um, anyway, well, okay. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like that, but then other times, uh, it's like the the next little story that I have. Yeah. I was um, Jesus took me. So sometimes I know that it's the Holy Spirit that is like. Take, I know it was the Holy Spirit that like put me in the front of that tunnel. But this time Jesus had me by the hand and he took me to Britain. And it was just like Britain. That was just the word that I saw was Britain. And I was just instantly standing inside of this royal palace. Whoa. And it was, you know, it was just a, it was a beautiful, I knew I was in Britain. I knew I was standing in a royal palace. And in this room, I saw this big, long, just beautiful, shiny table. And that would probably seat like at least 30 people, you know, in, in one of those nice, conf, you know, one of the nice rooms in, in the palace. But it had the, the most unique flower paper on the walls it was just big flowers and when i kind of a side note when i came back um i thought i am going to google this to make sure of where i was because I, I just wanted to know if this you know so i called it the flower room uh in a royal palace in britain that's kind of how i googled it and the picture popped up and i have it in my journal which is in there but the room that i was standing in popped up and then they in in google in this royal palace it's called the flower room and it has the big long table and it had the flower wallpaper and i'm like that's it that's exactly where i was standing but and anyway did you see this pic you saw this picture later you're saying i saw it later what? yeah because i came back because wow. i thought i need i need to confirm where i was yeah. because if there's a you know if there's a, a palace that has this you know, is this possible? Is this possible that I really was there? And when I saw that, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> that is a real place. I really have this wallpaper, you know, up. That's amazing. But anyway, so it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was just the confidence, you know, the Holy Spirit yeah. saying, yes, this is where you were. Have confidence in what I'm doing in you. And so when I was standing at the room and I was looking at the wallpaper and this table, there was a cleaning lady. And she had this cleaning rag and she was polishing the table and then she would stop and she would cry. 
Mm. And then she would polish the table and she would stop and she would cry. And I, and I knew that she was why I was sent. And so um, I walked up to her and she wasn't startled by my appearance. So I guess that she was used to having people walk in this room or something. I don't know, but she wasn't startled by that. And so I walked up to her and I asked her, why are you crying? And she said, I will never have anything nice like this. Mm. And she was just sad and just had no hope or anything like that. And so I took her by the hand and we started walking and we walked through the wall. Really? No problem. We walked through the wall and through the wall, there was a set of stairs that went up into the spirit realm. And we started walking up these stairs and she said, where are we going? And I said, I'm going to show you your mansion. And that scared her. The fact that I popped into her room didn't scare her, but the the fact that we walked through a wall didn't scare her, but the fact that she was going to see her mansion, that scared her. And she said, Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not worthy of that. And then the, Jesus reminded, he was telling me to tell her, he said, tell her. And so I said, remember when you were a little girl and you asked Jesus into your heart, that is what made you worthy of this mansion. Very and she cool. started nodding her head and she remembered. And so she let me continue on our trip and we just instantly we were standing in her mansion in her kitchen and she was standing there in front of her refrigerator and she opens it she takes a hold of it and she opens this refrigerator and is full of food and it's her refrigerator in her kitchen in her mansion and she was so surprised and she started saying And when she was looking at that, she says, this is all mine. And I'm like, yes, this is all yours. And then she rubbed her hand because she had a, she had a beautiful table, just like the one that she had been polishing. Oh, wow. She had this beautiful table and she rubbed her hands across this beautiful table and down the, the door frames that she normally polish, you know, on the earth. And it was, she's like, this is all mine this is mine and she was so surprised that it was her this is this is her mansion in heaven that she's going to one day just to be clear make sure we're saying this right okay okay yeah this was her mansion in heaven this is yeah right okay and and then instantly we were back in britain in the palace that she was working in and she started dancing and hopping and she was swinging her, her cleaning rag <laughs> and she was singing. I have my own place. I have my own place. And she was so happy and she was dancing. And I, I was still in the kitchen as she danced off into the room, swinging her, her little rag nice. and, and shouting, I have my own place. And I was just so happy, you know, because Jesus restored her hope for a future. You know, she was still a cleaning lady in the palace, but now she had hope for the future. And, you know, and I'm looking at this going, God took you from the United States of America to from your worshiping, and he decides that your next gig is going to be <laughs> in Britain uh, in the middle of a, of, the, of a palace for a cleaning lady that has no hope. I mean, how colorful is God that he makes right. these choices and decisions? I mean, I can almost picture God 
the father being as giddy as you're being getting to do this, he's giddy that he gets to do this for you. You know, he's doing this for you to, to set this woman free, you know. I mean, you literally have, and these are things that you'll have a reward for in heaven for obeying too. Do you see it that way as well? That the Lord I hadn't thought of that, you? but yeah, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I mean, to obey, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, I absolutely believe that. So, yeah. And so it was, it was so sweet that he would take me from like a tunnel that was so, so dramatic and so, you know, dark and dark and, you know, to um, a cleaning lady. Was this the same time, same time period? It was kind of the, probably the same year, kind of oh, in the same, same okay. yeah, kind of in the same year, kind of, the, you okay. know. And yeah. um, so it just shows that he he had such a heart for this lady, this cleaning lady, and he wanted her to have hope nice. for the future. So he yeah. had, he translated me, like what you said, into her room just to bring hope to her. You know, and and then I was gone. So I don't know whatever, you know, if she ever went back into the kitchen, like, where's that lady at? Where'd she go? <laughs> you know, where well, was if I she like goes her? over the fact that she walked through walls and went through heaven, she probably <laughs> figures there was something supernatural going on with you, too. So right, that, right. that's amazing. Yeah, it yeah, was I mean, he, he took you to the darkest dark. And then the other one was the lady is, again, she's in a dark place herself. Right. You know, and that she was sad. You know, one of the things that, yeah, because that God was just as as interested in releasing her from this depression right. as he was from, for releasing those children. I mean, release is release. Freedom is freedom. Right, right. You know, so joy is joy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then another time it was just, it's kind of like uh, showing just his his heart on, you know, one of, one of the things that he may take you to do is, you know, we were, I was praying and then I was instantly in Hawaii and I didn't have to go through security check. I didn't have to have pre-check. I didn't have to, nice. you know, I didn't lose any flies. My flights weren't delayed. I was just there. I just instantly in Hawaii, you know, because he didn't have time for that. You know, we don't either, but he didn't either. <laughs> you know, he just puts you where he needs you to be for whatever reason. And so Jesus and I were walking on this beach in Hawaii and Jesus stayed back and it was really kind of fun because, you know, he says that you're going to do things greater, you yeah. know. And so Jesus didn't go do this. He he stood back and he was allowing me to do it. And so the same with you is he will allow you to do the things. He's going to stand back and let let you do the fun stuff. Right. And yeah. so I was we were in Hawaii. He was standing in Hawaii and I saw this little boy that was sitting, he was kind of squatting down on the beach in Hawaii. And I knew that he was why I was there. And it was just a little bitty guy, like three or four years old. He was squatting down beside the beach and he was just kind of tossing stones, tossing shells or something into the water. You could just tell that he was, he was upset by the way he was throwing the rocks or stuff, whatever it was. And I walked up to him and I said, Hey, what are you doing? And he went, nothing. You know, just a little bit. He said, nothing. He said, my mom and dad are getting divorced and they're fighting about where I'm going to live. And then I heard Jesus say, tell him. And so I told him, he says, God has a best friend for you that will be your friend forever. And I knew that that statement, Jesus was talking about himself. 
you know, so that seed was planted in this little boy that Jesus would be your best friend forever. And then Jesus also told me, tell him, he, he said, tell him. And so I was squatting down beside this little boy. And I said, you and your dad, you're going to live in the same town and you're going to be like best friends. You're going to get to go to games together. You're going to get to watch sports together. And the little boy said, that would be nice. Because now I only see him when he comes home and he kisses me when I'm asleep because he's working all the time. And mm -hmm. he was just kind of sad and he was just, you know. And then so we, we talked a little bit longer, but I don't know what we talked about, what, yeah. what the rest of the conversation was. And then his mom. So it's kind of like a beach house. She walks out on the on the deck of this beach house and she sees this lady talking to her son, <laughs> you know, yeah. and she starts calling for him. And he, he heard his mom and he and he starts running to his mom and he turns to me and he says, thanks, I feel better now. And so he starts running to his mom. He says, hey, that person told me everything's going to be OK. And so, you know, and so then he runs off to his mom and nice. and, you know, and so and then Jesus appears beside me on the beach and we start, you know, we walk and Jesus said, see, sometimes the things that I need you to do, they're not great big, but they're needed. And he needed to know that everything was going to be okay. You know, and so I was just. You know, one, thing that, one thing that strikes me is God uh, in his sovereignty and power, he could have selected an angel to come in the form of a man or a woman that looked similar to you and said the same things. It probably would have accomplished the same thing, but he, Jesus and the father are entry and the spirit are interested in doing it with you not not a substitute for you 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 know <laughs> uh, and you know as an angel would be a substitute you know he could do it with an angel but that's not what he made you for he wanted to, to do things with you so that's very that's the way i'm seeing it is he could have done it a different way but that wasn't right. what he wanted to do so yeah and you know and being a mother you know you just you I could tell by the way the little boy was throwing the shells or the rocks, I could tell that he was sad, you know, yeah. and just that he was kind of just kind of slumped over and just, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was kind of the mother in me. I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, but that was, you know, that was, that was just kind of neat. And very, um, very neat. Very, very neat. It was I very mean, neat. That, each again, each, every one of these stories is about releasing someone from some sort of prison, isn't it? Right. You know, every single That's one good. of these. Yeah. So, yeah, it's to bring hope to that little boy. Yeah. 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 And so huge. Yeah. And so I would I would love to hear maybe sometime I'll run into him, you know, as he cool. grows up. Yeah, it's like oh, I saw I had this lady come up to me and I was on the beach, you know. So I, uh, I'm hoping I run into him sometime and he'll that'd he'll hear great. this or yeah, that'd wouldn't be that be great. fun? That would totally be fun. shocking. <laughs> and you could say, Did she tell you you were gonna be with your dad and be best friends and go to games and how yeah. <laughs> How do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so the time traveling, this is this is one of them that uh, I actually have a real person to verify what what I did. You know, these, okay, these wow. stories. Yeah. And so um at this time I always I would go to I'd drive to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And okay. it was about an hour and 45 minutes to two hours from where I, from where I live. 
and I was I would go to these meetings. You know, it's like the Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, Oil Roberts, Camp meetings. You know, this kind of stuff. So I went to Tulsa pretty often, but these these meetings that I was going to, there was like heaven encounters. And so I would drive because they were in, they were worth the drive. And so I told you know, so I drove. And when the meeting was over, it's when we still had pay phones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. people people know what pay phones are. You had to put money in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pick up the receiver, dial, or you know, push the button. But if you you know if you talked for I think you had ten seconds for free. And if you talk for less than 10 seconds, you'd get your quarterback, right? If you remember that. Yeah. But anyway, so I, the, the meeting, this heaven encounter meeting that I was going to, it was over at 930. And so I called my husband and told him I was on my way home. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. Well, 930, it should have been an hour and 45 minutes, maybe two hours, depending on the lights. So um, just the, the, the meeting itself was just the presence of God was so incredible. And, you know, we were learning to yield, yield to the Holy Spirit, yield to trust what we see, trust what we hear, you know, and all this. And so while I was driving home, it's just that presence, the love of God was so thick and it was just mm. so wonderful. And it was just, just, you know, filled the car. And I was driving home and just worshiping Jesus. And I went through every town. I went through every corner. I went through every stoplight. And when I came to my house, so that was 930. So when I pulled up to my house, the, the lights were, were on in the kitchen and in the living room. And I kind of worried me. I thought, are the kids, because it should have been 11 o'clock. They should have been so out. Thought, the lights would have been out. Is that what you Yeah, mean? the lights would have been out. My husband probably would have gone to bed because he knows, you know, about what time I would have come home. Yeah. But everything was still on. I thought, are the kids sick? You know, why is he still up? Why, you know, and so I kind of started getting worried. Mm. And so I went in the downstairs because that's how you, you entered our house, went into the downstairs and I could hear the news on. I'm like, why is the news on it? You know, and so I started thinking the worst, of course. <laughs> you know, was like, was there some kind of a big disaster? You know, is this like a news bulletin? You know, something yeah. happened, some big news bulletin. And I went up the stairs and my husband looks at me and says, what are you doing here? I'm like, why is the news on? Because the news was on. And he said, it's 1015. What are you doing here? And I said, it's 1015. He, he said, where were you? And I'm like, I was in Tulsa. He said, there's no way you could have been in Tulsa. That was 45 minutes. So what would have, I said, why is it 1015? How could it be 10? And I was just, I was flabbergasted because I had never had an experience like that. That was car and all. What yeah, you had no taken. context. You probably hadn't even heard of that thing, back, had, that kind of thing. I had, I had no idea, no idea because I didn't feel like I was, you know, translated. I didn't feel like anything. I just felt the love of God. And I saw, because while I was standing there, realizing it's 10, 15, I made a two hour trip in 45 minutes and I wasn't driving fast. I was, you know, kind of, you know, and when you're in the presence of God, you feel kind of drunk, you know, and a lot of times you'll drive a little slower. So I was probably driving a little slower actually than normal, but yeah. it was, it was 10 15 and the news was still on. And I'm like, I don't know how God did that or why he did, did it. Did you have any feeling about why he did it or you just, why, it just no, happened? Just it happened. Just, 
it's just happened. I don't know, just because, and it's, I've been through, I've left other meetings with that feeling, you know, and I've left other meetings going, God, I really could use some of this time travel right now. <laughs> you know, I would really like if you would just zap me over there. I don't want to drive this long and it doesn't happen, you know? And so I have, I have tried to wheel my car, tried to wheel myself someplace in front of time, you know, to get someplace and it doesn't work that way. You know, it was by the Holy Spirit. It was just, yeah. it was for some reason, just out of love. I don't know, because he can, <laughs> just because he can. Yeah, because he can. He wanted to give you an easy night. He wanted to give you a story to tell. He wanted you to talk about, see his power that you'd never even thought to ask for. But I mean, you're right. Every, I hear these stories a lot. And almost every, to the last person, people almost always say, I didn't ask God for it. I didn't will it to happen. I didn't. I wasn't praying to make something, you know, just, he does what he does when he does it, you know? Right. Right. Amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. amazing. Yeah. All right. We got a couple more that look really good. What's, what's about native angels is the title. Native angels. Right? Yeah. I yes. loved your intro too. Cause it had to do with, with natives, yeah, yeah. <laughs> native tribes, you know? So I was in church and while I was sitting there in church this week, I could hear drums. I could hear and it was just like a lot of drums. We were just surrounded and it wasn't just the church that we were surrounded by these drums, but it was like the around just the, the, the whole atmosphere everywhere. It was like, it was around the world, really? these drums. And it was just, it was a cadence. It was just such a, a deep, deep drumming beat, such a deep drumming. I was looking around to see if anyone else could hear the drums. And I thought, this is such a, a drum beat that it wouldn't even make white people dance. You know, and so I was looking. That's a beat right there to get us to dance. And, and no one else seemed to hear the drums, but I could hear the drums. I could hear this cadence. And as I was looking I could see it was like a jungle that I could I could see in the spirit and I could see like this jungle and all of a sudden hmm. these native native angels started coming out of this jungle and it was a drum beat that has that is calling the native angels and these angels they look they were wild haired they were big they were raw looking they look like native angels just kind of just a real no nonsense very fierce very intentional mm. kind of a look and the holy spirit was saying these native angels are being called this drum beat mm. is a call to these native angels they are being called to go and to rescue those that have been captured and return them to their original design, which speaks of creative miracles. And he said, they are being called these native right now. I mean, right now this, I can hear the drums even right now. I can hear really, the drums. Really? Yeah, I can hear them. It's just like, there is a drum beat. And I, you know, I don't know who, if other people can hear, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that can hear them. You know, I know if there's other people that can hear this drum. I can this hear my mind's, my mind's um, thoughts, but it's not like I'm not hearing it, hearing it. I can, you know, uh, to me, it's going, ding, 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 ding. You know, that's what it sounds like to me, but I'm not hearing it like right. you're hearing it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're probably, you're probably hearing it with your spiritual ears. You're probably hearing what I'm hearing. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, but it's just a real, you know, when the drums beat, that has a sound. And, you know, it just has a certain sound to it. And uh, the Holy Spirit was saying that they are being called to rescue. And I could just see like a circle of angels and they're, they're coming out. They're coming out of the jungles, so to speak, to rescue those that have been held captive, taken captive by a transgender sexual perverted enemy. Oh, wow. It's wow. an enemy. And he said the people that had, the people will be restored to their original design. Wow. He said, that's why the native angels are being called to restore people to their native or their original design. And so there's these angels, they are coming to rescue people that have been held, that have been taken captive by the enemy, by this transgender sexual Ooh. perverted enemy. And they are coming in to rescue them. And That's I feel amazing. like that there's creative miracles you know, there there's creative miracles and they they're going to be restored. Well, in other words, some of them have had uh, surgeries that they no longer have the parts that they had anymore. Right. And you're saying that's the creative miracle you're talking about. That's the creative miracle, you know, and it, it reminded me of the of the pinstripe waterfall. You know, when God calls you a pinstripe waterfall, you are a pinstripe waterfall. That's good. That's you know, really when good. God calls you to be a man or a woman, you are a man or a woman. And That's he can good. restore what the enemy has stolen from you. He will restore you back to a man or a woman because what he has called, he 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 is. That's what he has called. That's such good. That's news. what he's called you to be, you know, such good news, such yeah. good news. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm thinking we we started to watch several programs. You know, we always try to watch family programs, and so there was a program. It was a modern version of Quantum Leap, and we we just got partially mm. through one show and realized that the trans is one of the stars of the show, and this is the person wow. who has the greatest wisdom and the greatest smarts. And I said, we're not going there, so we closed. It looked like it was a fun science, you know, where people would. It's actually a. It's like being transported in time is what Quantum Leap was about. Each show, you transport mm. time and help somebody. It's it's basically a God type of a scenario, except right. then they turn it into a perversion thing. So, we, right. you know, so I'm thinking about those people that were several different times where we thought we had a family program and it turned out to be, you know, a, a trans or something really is, right. which we just don't watch that. But Yeah, um, that's good. Wow. That's good. That's really, really good news that God will take some of those people in an instant in time they're back. Yeah. They're back in their they're own back. bodies. Absolutely. Their own bodies Absolutely. with their own desires, with the proper right. desires for right. both how they dress and who they like and all that stuff. Back Amazing. to their original design. Yeah. Back That's to their so original good. design. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And then so. this week I was when I was sitting here at my desk, there was an angel that that walked up to my desk and he was he was standing right here in front of me and he had like this he was very straight. And he had like this, this very straight edge kind of that went down the front of him. Mm. And so I was, I didn't know what to do. So once I, you know, when he said that he was from the Lord, that the, that yeah. the God of the universe, the God had sent him, I started commissioning him, you know, go and, and 
go and bring deliverance to the children. Well, he just stood there. I said, go and bring down the body parts that are needed. He just stood oh, there. Wow. And I said, go bring that, you know, and whatever was coming to mind, I was trying to commission him to go do, you know, what was coming to mind. And he just stood there and I'm like, okay, whatever I'm saying is not right. <laughs> you know? So I said, what is your name and why are you here? What is your purpose? And he said, I am a sheep shearer. I am here to shear the sheep. And I thought, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> you know, I don't know if the sheep want to be sheared. And all of a sudden, he reaches into his armor and he pulls out. It's like this really sharp blade, like like an ice scraper. Remember when it was cold and we had to scrape the ice oh, off yeah, of our windshield? Right. You know, yeah, you know? Right. long time ago when it was cool. <laughs> but he had this like this sharp blade. And he said, I am sent. He said, I am a sheep share. He says, I cut away the mats from the sheep's eyes that, are, oh, wow. that have caused the eyes to be closed. The mats around the eyes of the sheep. And I knew he was talking about people, you know, are, we are the sheep, right? And some yeah. of the things that we watch, just like what you're talking about, some of the things that we watch and just the, the stuff, the heaviness of the news and all the stuff it causes like mats and it causes a heaviness over our eyes and he had this sharp edge and he said i am here to cut away the mats from the sheep's ears so they can hear again and i and then he showed me how he took this sharp edge and he there was all of a sudden a man standing in front of him and but he looked like he was just all matted he was just like hmm. A matted sheep, but even mm. though he was, you know, he was a man, but it was just like he was just, just all matted with heaviness, you know, and it looked like yeah. a, you know, a matted sheep. Yeah. And he, he was, he was showing me, and he, he took the hair and he took the sharp edge and he started, started cutting away the mats from around this man's eyes, around both of his eyes, and kind of peeled it down. And the man opened his eyes and like, whoa, I can see again. And then he nice. took this sharp and he started cutting the mats from around the man's ears. And the man was like, I can hear again. And he started cutting the mats off that was weighing this man down. And the man was just dancing. He's like, I am free. I can see. I can hear. I am free. And as the angel was standing in front of me, he kind of turned sideways. And I could see that his shape, because what I could see was like this sharpness in front of him. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't really realize how he was designed until he turned sideways. And then I could see he looked like a sharp edge. Oh, wow. He had this sharp edge that kind of funneled into the sharp edge in front, you know, that made him like a sharp edge. Yeah. And so that was, you know, so I feel like that that's something that that is being sent out. This sheep shearing angel to that's cut away the mats from Did our you eyes. End up, uh, sending him did you decide you weren't to to send him or commission him or did you commission him or what anything well, that's a good point i don't I think i don't think i ever sent him anywhere uh, well it sounds like you got what you needed it sounds like you got the he was the, the revelation the, yeah yeah the revelation and that there is such a thing right that yeah. you, you're here reporting that there's such a thing as a sheep shearing angel and what they open they they, they they can help you see again and help you hear again and uh, probably and it other cuts things. away yeah. the mats yeah 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 and so very, maybe very we can cool. pray 
yeah. yeah, maybe we can pray for this sheep shearing angel to cut away. So if people yeah. feel like that they can't see just, you know, the heaviness yeah. of just life. So yeah, can I can, can I pray yeah, real quick? Ahead. Do we have yes, please do. Yeah, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for, for showing me this mm. sheep shearing angel. And I ask for this angel to go now and to cut away the mats from the mm. sheep that have yeah. been weighing down and has closed mm. the eyes of the sheep. I yeah. ask that you skillfully cut away the mats from their eyes, cut away the mats from their ears where they can hear again. Cut away the mats that have been weighing your sheep down where they are free to run. Mm -hmm. And I also ask uh, for these native angels that have been yeah. called the, the, with the drums. And I just yeah. release angels to go now. You have permission to go now and to, to capture those, to rescue yes. those that have been captured by this transgender, sexual perverted enemy go now and rescue those that have been captured by this enemy and set them free bring them back to their original design we release creative miracles yes, to bring Lord. them back to god's original design and i thank you father in jesus name yeah amen you know, and you know, as you're saying that I, I my what i'm looking i'm watching you and i just see a, it's like there's a fierce authority that you carry um, you do, you, you do, Kim. I mean, you're telling these neat stories and they're fun and we laugh about it, but you, you carry a fierce authority uh, to do what you just did to release those angels <laughs> and to set people free. So it's a, it was fun to watch. I mean, though it wasn't fun, you weren't right. smiling. You had a severity uh, in a very, very good way. So I just, maybe other people have shown, have seen the same thing in you, but there's a severe authority that you carry. That's the word that keeps yeah. coming to me. So. Yeah, it's a mama bear that kind of comes out, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, so, good. Well, we we want to talk about, uh, have you announced a couple of events that you have coming up? Yeah, so this is going to be real exciting. It's in Jamaica, New York. It's August 18th and 19th. I will be in Jamaica, New York, and I'm going to speak on Friday night and on Saturday. And then I'll be back in uh, Rogers, Arkansas on October 7th at Joppa House. So we're going to do that again. We've been invited back to do that. And there's a fall women's conference in Farmington, Arkansas on October 13th and 14th. So it's the first time I've been invited there. So uh, if you're those in all the three, area. If they go to heavenisfun.com which mm -hmm. is that right by, well, they, they can read about the specifics on each of those, mm -hmm. can they? Yeah, if you go to my events page, they're all listed there. Okay. The have you, have you, like I was going to ask you, have you noticed people coming from Elijah Streams to any of these events at all? And all over. I find them in the women's restroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be visiting a church and a woman in the women's restroom, because that's where we go talk, right? Yeah. And so there's, there's women in the restroom that went, I've seen you on Elijah streams. You're on Elijah <laughs> streams. And it is so fun. My husband is like, wow. And he just kind of walks off, you know, it's, he's on the women's restroom with me, but you know, in different places and they, that's how they recognize me is from Elijah streams. That that's was, amazing. That's the first thing they say is, I don't know who you are, but I've seen you on Elijah streams. And like, that's very cool. Yep. Very, yeah. very good. I love it's that kinda, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, really Donna fun. talks about it that he she does these conferences and they'll have a she she has a more of a they I think a lot of them are called the same the gathering or 
-hmm. She does several different things. But anyway, yeah, she gets a lot of Elijah streams. People, it's fun to hear about that. So, yeah, so a lot of people have been coming to these to these meetings because of Elijah streams, you know, because they they are watching this and they're hearing about the town and the dates and they are coming. So the the events are like double the size because of Elijah streams. Oh, awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, it is really good. good. Yeah. Before we sign off, you know, they had uh, put a scripture in. I'm not sure it's the same one. It's very similar to it. It says, this one says, your troops will be will be willing on your day of battle. The one that I had known was called Day of Power, but it might be the same one, Psalms 110.3. Mm. It depends maybe on the on the version of the Bible. Uh, I was thinking it said on the Day of Power, but so if anyone, mm. uh, King James is the one she showed the people. <laughs> Uh, oh, in King James, it says, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. And that's mm. the same scripture, right? Uh, Emily, this is Psalms 110.3. So. She says, yeah. yes, that's it. So, yeah. The, thanks again, willing. Emily. I appreciate it. So, very, yeah. very good. They will be willing, willing in the day of power. And so, that's what I was saying about you were you're having people tell God you're willing to be used. And this willing is the be- day of power. If this isn't the day of God's power, I don't know what it is. Because you're describing this whole time power things that God did with you. If that's right. if rescuing actual children in the middle of the night on another part of the country, wherever it was, uh, if that's not power, it'll do till power comes along to use an expression. <laughs> you know, right? That's a day of his power. And if you're yeah. willing in that, Psalm 110, three, so you need to cut that out. Look at that in the King James version, I guess is the way I remembered it. So, All right, Kim, God bless you. We love you very much. Thanks for continuing to come back on. You're just really spurring us on. I I certainly am spurred on to to be willing and ready and seeking and, yeah, amazing stuff. So good stuff. Kim, thank you so much. Uh, Krista and Elisha will be on with us tomorrow, which is Thursday. You're seeing this on Wednesday, so Thursday is Krista and Elisha. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great day, rest of the day. See you later. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.